G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You might have been following the ebbs and flows of the challenges in the nation of South Sudan. It's had a rocky and at times violent past. After a series of civil wars, South Sudan became an independent state back in 2011. It's suffered ethnic violence and those civil wars have been characterised by rampant human rights abuses, including ethnic massacres and killings of journalists. Well, some good news now with the easing of the persecution of Christians in South Sudan. In all of this, a young Australian family who have tested the waters in South Sudan are preparing to return as full-time missionaries. Ben and Sarah Beard work with Indeed and Truth Ministries. Ben, a special welcome to you. Well, thank you very much. And to Sarah, welcome along. Thank you for having us. Uh, let me start with you, Ben. Uh, a violent history in South Sudan. Here you are, a young Australian family. You've got three children and you're wanting to be there full time. Yes, I know. It's um, a surprise to a lot of people. But um, I suppose, you know, in the end, it comes down to the faith. You know, um, I suppose if you look at the early church and throughout history, Christians uh, had to go into risky places to preach the gospel and bring people to the Lord. And um, I suppose we're willing to do the same thing with our family. You know, it's uh, important to show our kids that you don't back away um, from the uh, persecutions and the barriers to preaching the gospel, but you stand in the uh, presence of God and continue to walk forward. Sarah, as a mother, and you know, you've got three beautiful children. Uh, you know, you'll be hearing reports of various outbreaks of violence and things like that. How does that affect you when you're on the ground in South Sudan? Um, we actually feel quite safe where we are in in Tonge. Um, but yeah, it was a big decision when the uh, director posed the question to me, are you willing to lay your children's lives down? Because it's easy for you to say as an adult, um, yeah, I'm willing to lay my life down for Christ, but for my children. So I wrestled with that quite a bit. And ultimately, I just felt God touched me and said, the best way you can keep your sa children safe is by trusting in me. So if you trust me, I will protect you. So... That's what I do. Now, I'm not sure whether it's encouraging or uh, whether there's another dimension here, but when you're talking to a missionary organisation who wants to put feet on the ground, workers in the kingdom, uh, into difficult places, and they'll ask those hard questions. Yeah. Are you willing to put your own life on the line and then are you willing to put your own family's safety at risk? Uh, how do you feel when those questions come in the interview? Um, I think it was pretty, yeah, it hit me pretty hard. I was like, for myself, yeah, it, it's a no-brainer. Like, I will labor down my life for God. But, yeah, for my kids that kind of have that control taken out of their own hands. But, yeah, God, we, we know that families have gone before us and they've been kept safe throughout their whole journey. And Susie, her family, they she raised her kids there. So we know that. This is God's ministry, and if he wants this to continue, he will provide for the families and the missionaries involved, and 
he will protect them the whole way. Ben, has this been something a part of you for your whole life? When did you get this bug to be a missionary? I mean, is there a calling from God? Is it something that you follow in family footsteps? How does that work for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually grew up in a missionary family. So my grandparents were missionaries that traveled the world. My parents were missionaries that supported them with the administration for my grandparents. Um, as I grew up, I actually said I would never be a missionary because I saw the, the um, struggles that they went through. And I was like, I'm not going through that. I actually planned to become a civil engineer. Um, and in grade 12, I went to a Planet Shakers conference and I, um, I became a Christian. And as I worshipped God with all of my heart, I heard God say to me, you need to go to the Philippines for one to three years and become a nurse. And um, later on, as I, I, I did that, I went to the Philippines for one year and I learned that while I was there, God's actually calling me to the mission field and healthcare being my service. So when I returned from the Philippines, I was still serving in ministry and Sarah was one of my volunteers. And as I was dating her, I, before I even did anything, I said, you, are, you willing to give up, uh, are you willing to pack up everything and go to another country because missions is in my heart? And she said, I'm willing and so I proposed to her and <laughs> moved to <laughs> Mount Isa where I um, studied, well, I practiced uh, nursing for the next 12 years. And after a while, we're like, okay, we've done both. I'm now a nurse. We've agreed to be missionaries. Now's the time. And we start to search for where we we're going to start with. And we had one connection in South Sudan. And that's how we dipped our toe in the water. Sarah, you'll say all sorts of things when you're in love. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, when you decided to go to South Sudan, uh, there was obviously a lot of prayer and thinking through the issues. There's a lot of things to work through when you've got a family that you're going to uproot from one country and move to another. But God opened some doors for you. Yeah, definitely. It was a um, very crazy time that we decided to go through the peak of COVID. So I don't recommend anyone doing that. But no, yeah, having to apply for the exemptions to leave the country, then all the administration behind that, having to do travel declarations, vaccinations. Um, yeah, the list just goes on. And at times we had flights cancelled two days prior, having to leave the country. And we're like, oh, how are we going to do this? Like, we can't get there. But God just continually opened doors all the way along. So, yeah, our exemptions were granted to us. Flights were rebooked. And, yeah, nothing that God couldn't do, he didn't do. <laughs> Interesting when we talk about how God moves in a circumstance because you might have thought, well, things are not going to plan when you were planning to be there for three months and all sorts of circumstances and COVID was rife and you had to stay on. How does that work, Ben, the hand of God at work in the things that are setting you in place for a future? Yeah, that's um, that's the, the step that really made us into into faith you know the first three months we had enough money saved up you know we had everything planned you know from returning to going and everything like that once we got told we're not leaving we were like we don't have the funds anymore you know how are we going to get out that's when all the plans went out the window and we're truly like god what are you doing with us um i know sarah particularly struggled she probably cried for the three days and just wrestled and was down and things like that and um you know as the um husband and the father of the family, you have to be the strong one. And we prayed it through like, no, this is God's hand. You know, we need to practice being flexible and moving with his will. And, you know, as we went through it, we really saw God's hand training our hearts to go wherever he leads us and not being in control. Of, this is what we want and that's where we're going. So, um, yeah, I mean, nearly every time we go to South Sudan, something goes wrong and we're just learning to let it go. 
And so we will continue to go to South Sudan and continue to expect challenges to come forward. And we put it in God's hands every single time. We're sometimes challenged with that, aren't we? How does faith grow? It doesn't grow when everything's going nicely. It grows when there are challenges. It grows when there are things that are beyond our control. Are you getting used to this idea, Sarah, of things being out of control? Yeah, and I think it's something where I I like to have all my ducks in a row and know what's coming next, but to know that, okay, this is beyond myself. I'm not doing this mission for myself. This is... For, for God, for his glory, and he will lead us where he wants us to go. And I think I just, I remember having that, that awakening where I was like, we actually agreed to wanting to be here for six months originally, but they wanted us to sort of just test it out for three months. So I'm like, ultimately this is, yeah, it's it's God just all over it. So it's no denying. And Ben, it's not always easy either if you face a health challenge along the way and you actually had quite a serious uh, allergic reaction. How did that work? Yeah, it, it was a bit surprising because I've never had an allergic reaction in my life. And um, the first one I had, I was in Juba, which is the capital, which is not where we're serving. We serve in Tonj, so it's a two-hour flight away. We're just having a bit of um, R&R in Juba and suddenly my fingers start to swell up. So I hopped in the shower and I quickly rushed to the uh, administration. I said, quick, call an ambulance, take us to a hospital. And they said, we don't have ambulances in South Sudan. And the emergency apartments are only open for a real emergency. So I'm like, my airway is going to close up. Like, this is an emergency. They're like, we'll call you a taxi and we'll take you to a GP service. And so Sarah hopped on Facebook and she was like, quick, please pray for Ben. He's having an anaphylaxis. And literally within two minutes, everything, all the swelling in my body went down. So we're like, oh, wow, God's in control. He's got this. And then three weeks later, we went back to Tonj, and while I was sitting there working away, I think I was making a video, my fingers swelled up again. I was like, oh, here we go, you know, same thing as last time. And I walked over to the hospital and said, oh, look, I'm having anaphylaxis. My um, lips were starting to swell in my ears as well. And so they put me on the bed, and they said, all right, let's you know, put a cannula in. And then I th- felt this thud in my chest. I'm like, I can't breathe. And all of a sudden, I, I got dizzy, and I laid down, and I just... You know, after that, you know, things go a bit blurry. And in this time, they went and got Sarah, and she's probably better to fill in the gaps from there because I remember just waking up and talking to people on the bed. And so you've got to take uh, some special precautions now to make sure that Ben isn't going to have that same anaphylactic reaction again. So uh, he's on some uh, special uh, allergy medication. Yeah, every day he's taking medication, and if anaphylaxis happens again, I've got four EpiPens on me at all times. <laughs> so I'm prepared, so it's not going to happen again. Now, you had a wonderful connection to a guest that we've had on this program a number of times, Dr. Andrew Browning, known as a doctor in Africa. There's a wonderful book about him and the good work that he does with fistula surgeries. You had a almost a divine encounter uh, where you've now become connected in some of the work that he's doing. Yeah, that's right. So as we were getting ready to um, leave for South Sudan for our first trip in 2021, um, we just happened to be in Kmart and we saw his book on the shelf. Like, oh, that'd be a great book to read because we had just finished reading um, the Hamlin's book, uh, Hospital by the River, and we knew that that book, uh, Andrew Browning's book, was affiliated with that. So we took the book and we read it while we were in South Sudan and there were some great things that he had in his book of how he's uh, applied certain things to the hospitals that he's built throughout, um, I think it was Tanzania. So I 
connected in. I, I sent an email to his organization and just saying, oh, can you tell us a bit more about this equipment that you've used? Um, next thing you know, Andrew's emailing me personally and we're talking about, he was talking, oh, I'm going to be in South Sudan in October. Do you have any women in your area that need fistula um, surgery? I was like, oh, we are a maternal uh, antenatal hospital. We haven't really seen that side of things, but we'll put the call out and see what we can get. And within four days, we had 13 ladies come forward. And in partnering with uh, the Barbara May Foundation, they were able to provide the travel to get these ladies to Juba, fix their fistulas and send them back as new women, essentially. They were just completely transform their lives and now they've become ambassadors to go out and find more fistula ladies and last year we were able to send I think it was 11 more ladies to get so it's just now growing from something that they'd never done before and now we're reaching a whole new part of the community in Tonge. Sarah you bring your gifts hospitality and administration. Ben you're a trained nurse and you're working with the child and maternal hospital with your Christian faith and with the local church expression that's there in Tonj, how does that all work together? Because sometimes we think of missionaries as going and someone being a preacher up on a platform, but how does this all work together as a missionary? I, uh, I love that question, actually. Um, it's something that we really liked about Indeed and Truth Ministries in the fact that when they ran a hospital, they wanted to find ways to integrate the gospel into everything that we do. And something that we talk about all the time over there is no matter what we do, whether it's good works, we could feed the poor, we could you know, be nurses in the hospitals. But if we leave the gospel out, we're just doing humanitarian aid. And God didn't call us to humanitarian aid. He told us to go out and preach the gospel. And so all throughout the hospital, they've got chaplains that are trained. They go through the wards and they preach every single day in the wards. They also go through the outpatients department and they preach in the waiting rooms and then they have um, individual meetings with them after they complete their outpatient uh, journeys and they have an individual chat with them and they lead like tens, you know, twenties to the Lord every single day. And what's amazing is seeing which doctors come through and absolutely give up all their magic that they're practicing and give their lives to the Lord. And um, so, yeah, we're very, very focused on integrating that into there. And so, you know, even when we, you know, in emergency situations when people come in and most of the time, you know, we don't have the resources we have a baby dying and we, you know, we're bagging them, trying to bring them back to life. And all we do is we say, okay, guys, let's pray. That's all we got. We don't have tubes to put down their, their throats. We don't have medicines to bring them back. And we all just lay hands on them and, and pray. And um, people really learn to lean on God and put their faith in God by doing that. So, What a wonderful connection. So you've got this practical support and health and medical help that's happening through the hospital, but chaplains are there uh, dealing with the spiritual challenges that people face, leading people to Christ, and as you say, 20 or 30 every day. It's amazing how missionary work continues to support the growth of the local church in places like South Sudan. Now, I don't like to leave a conversation like this without giving our listeners an opportunity to connect with you, and they can do that, and as I understand it, the best way to connect with Ben and Sarah Beard is on Facebook. That's where you get all the day-to-day activity and all of the stories and the testimonies. And here's how you connect Beard family to South Sudan. It's the best way to keep up with Ben and Sarah. They're looking now to move into a full-time missionary capacity serving in South Sudan through the organisation Indeed and Truth. 
Indeed and Truth. Now, there's a website, indeedandtruth.org forward slash South Sudan to see the good work that's happening there. Ben and Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.